Hello, I'm Tyler Smith. And I'm Jenny Smith. And this is Worth Playing for the Survivor Podcast. Look, here's the deal. Uh, we just got to get this done and out of the way. Yeah. It's going to be probably a goofy episode because there's all kinds of narcotics involved. Bring them on in. Yeah. Uh, so we have with us a guest uh, from season 29 of Survivor, whoop, San whoop. Juan del Sur. It's it's uh, Reed Kelly. Whoop. Hey, guys. How Yay. You? Glad to be here. How you doing? I'm good. Um, uh, full disclosure, I'm actually recovering from passing two kidney stones in the process. So I'm a little hopped up on Percocets. You're going to get an interesting Reed Kelly tonight on the show. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, uh, thank you we so much. We thank him in for, advance what? for being on. Oh, absolutely. And for being on while on Percocet. Yeah. It's, well, it's I mean, it's going to be an interesting what's happening tonight, but we'll see what comes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should thank him for being in on. advance for the Percocet thing, because that might wind up being premature. So I want to say thank you to all of our new listeners who undoubtedly are listening solely because Reed is on. Uh, it's if, probably just my mom. If, let's the, be real. If, the numbers drop, <laughs> if the numbers drop off precipitously next week, I will know why. Hello, Mrs. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Uh, Mrs. Kelly. I call people by their last name. Um, um, okay, so we got a lot to talk about, uh, and it's tough because we don't have guests on this show. We have we have Reed here because he's an old friend of ours. Well, I'm a and young friend that I've been friends with you for a long time. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Although, you know what? None of us are getting any younger, right? A long-term, <laughs> lifelong Speak for friend. yourselves. <laughs> so, all right, let's 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 jump into the, the episode as is. So, it was the big merge episode, uh, first impressions, Reed... I'm gonna ju- I'm gonna throw to you first. What did you think of this episode in general? Feel free to say uh, if you thought it was boring. No, I thought it was a good episode. I um, it's fascinating that they're merging with so many people. That's yeah. always interesting. It makes for a crowded night in the shelter mm-hmm. uh, coming back. But yeah, I thought it was a, a lot of fun stuff going on tonight. Or in the rain, crowded. Oh, crowded in the rain. Yeah, the rain is never fun when you're out there. That's actually kind of miserable. But at least there's lots of bodies to keep you warm. Exactly. And a tarp. And it makes everything very uncomfortable, I assume. Like emotionally. Yeah. Just to be crammed in with everyone. Yeah. I mean, sometimes things just, you, you're, you just kind of take over because you're so cold and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you're just really on edge when you're sitting in the rain. So you tend to just be really quiet and just kind of bear down to get through it. Or is that telling? Do people tend to cuddle together who are, you know, just to keep warm, who are in together? Yeah, I think you, I think so. I think sometimes you tend to sit by people you're closer with, and I don't think that's any big secret. I think mm-hmm. we all kind of understand that. But um, I know in my season when it was raining, we all really tried to huddle together because it's just pretty miserable. It's kind of the it's kind of an equalizer for us. I think mm-hmm. people quote people on Survivor they quote the Godfather constantly: keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But you don't get any closer than if you're cuddling. So if you're on if you're going to be on Survivor. Pick, find your enemy, your enemy and cuddle with them and they'll be like, oh, this guy loves me. Um, so just a little uh, piece of advice there. So, uh, yeah, I do think that the the merge wound up being very interesting. 13. With 13 people. You can tell the producers were just, they couldn't wait to get all these people together. And uh, judging from this episode, I can understand why. It was pretty much chaotic right away. Um are there any... This episode brought to you by chaos, apparently. Ugh. They talked about that a lot. I do hope that that word is uh, retired now that Cass is gone. But I don't think it will be. I think people are going to use that consistently. I mean, she didn't pick that amazing of a word. It's pretty general right. in describing what's going to be happening for the next, you know, yeah. 12 more votes. 
it does feel like she appropriated the word. And so now if you say chaos, she in a like, survivor context, yeah. she gets a producing credit. Exactly. <laughs> she gets like a nickel every time. Yeah, you exactly. Say it. Residuals. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, by and large, it's, it's tough to talk about because there was no real reward challenge. It was mm-hmm. all strategy. It was all scrambling. Mm-hmm. And then a perfectly fine, uh, immunity challenge. Like I didn't think it was yeah. remarkably dramatic, except I will say that the first thing I thought of, but then immediately thought better of was once Joe won, I remember being like, yeah, see, that's why you get rid of Joe before the merge. But then when I saw tribal that he was one of the people that had to light his torch, like nobody ever actually had the chance to get rid of him up until now. And I feel like he's going to be around for a while. Crazy that Joe and Keith both had to light their torches for the first time at the merge. Yeah. In theory, there should be three to four more votes before the merge. If you're going in at 10 or nine yeah but it's 13 so they're in a few more votes before normal i feel like it has to be a it has to be a final three when you've got when the jury is starting now sure um it's it's crazy but um but yeah so uh so let's let's go back a little bit before we get into some specifics and the things that we liked mm-hmm. and didn't like. We'll get to Stephen's poem in a moment, because um, <laughs> I'm sure everybody was watching with the probably the same amount of just trepidation and just wonder at what he was doing. I thought it was really refreshing. It was nice, but I just found myself. If Coach did that, everyone would roll their eyes. You know, a few people did, right? But it wasn't Coach. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it was. I feel like, and you can correct me, obviously, but I feel like you spend so much time just sitting there talking about nothing that something from the outside world brought to you by without a smartphone is would just be really refreshing to hear at that point. It all You always have to consider the source, I think. Mm-hmm. It depends on who it's coming from mm-hmm. and how much you've been hearing from them the whole time. But yeah. I don't know. Steven's just, he's great for stuff like that, so... I do find myself, because I'm naturally protective of Steven, because I love him so much, uh, I just feel like, Steven, no, don't say anything. Yeah. It's like, it's a merge. People aren't looking at you anymore. Sit there silently. Just just be quiet. (laughs) Just let this happen. Let this happen. (laughs) Just just let it happen. Um, But maybe it was him trying to, you know, ingratiate himself with that. He's not talking strategy. And we have no idea what the conversation was before that or after it or how long they had been sitting there either. Maybe everybody was taking a turn. Uh, saying sure. their favorite poem brought- possible, yeah. But uh, and I'm sure Keith chimes in with, I don't know, rub a dub dub. Thanks for the grub, right? <laughs> pretty much, actually. That's pretty. That's pretty right on. I think. Uh, but yeah, so um, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, Reed, now I know you've been remarkably busy because you're in a play right now. Um, but what have you been thinking of this season in general? Well, um, I've been in tech rehearsals for Breaking Through at the Pasadena Playhouse. So go I see actually it. Go to, see it. Go see good. it. Fab. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to kind of binge watch to catch up on this. But um, I think uh, just the whole season in and of itself, the premise of Second Chances and um, America getting to vote to pick the people that they wanted to have on the show, I think really gets people invested, uh, which I love. And it's so fun being a fan of the show, seeing people that you've really enjoyed watching in previous seasons get a chance to play again so I think it's just a great um, I don't know I think it's a great premise for a season and I know that 
this cast of characters is super fun to watch because you're mm-hmm. just invested in all of them for different reasons. So I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah, by and large, I feel like this is one of the... And obviously, it could still go off the rails, but I honestly don't see how it could unless Abby wins. Uh, <laughs> or, or Kimmy. Um, no offense to her, I actually like her a lot more this season. But like, I think that we're on track for this to be maybe one of the better seasons of Survivor in general, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Reed, what, what do you think? No, I think that's valid. I don't know. I think it's just really smart uh, that they turned it over to America to let them have some sort of input. I think it's a really great format. And I think it's just a really engaging group of people. So I think you're going to, um, honestly, however this goes, I think it's going to be a satisfying season, I think, for everyone. That's my own personal opinion. And I feel like it's it's going fairly well as far as ratings, as far as general response. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if they do this again. It would be silly of them f- not to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any? Uh, well, I'll a- I'll ask this. Um, we got a question on Twitter. Uh, how do you feel like uh, your fellow? Uh, season 29 players are doing? I think they're doing great. You know, everyone always asks me who I'm rooting for. And I have to be honest, like, um, I just feel so loyal to the people from season 29. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, You know, obviously there's other people I'm rooting for, like Steven and stuff, just because. But um, I'm really happy for them. They're doing really well. I'm really happy for Kelly that she finally gets a chance to get out there and play the game she wanted to play. Um, She's a drastically different Kelly. Yeah, I mean, she's the Kelly I know her as. I'm Mm -hmm. just glad that uh, America is getting a chance to see her play this way because that's, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the way she wanted to play. And these were kind of the conversations we always had. So I'm really happy for her. I think Keith is being true to himself and who he is. And you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, I love Keith. He's awesome. You know? Yeah. He did kind of destroy my game out there, but um, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know? Um, But yeah, I'm so thrilled for him. And Jeremy, I'm happy for him uh, that he gets to go back and play because we Mm -hmm. really did shut him down um, earlier than he would have liked to have gone home. So I'm glad that he gets to go back because he's a huge fan of the game. And so it's fun to get to watch him play again. And of course, I'm absolutely rooting for him out there because, you know, he's such a great guy and he um, really does love the game. So I have a huge appreciation for that. It's so great that they're all three still there Mm -hmm. to watch them for a continued amount of time. And I think Jeremy in particular has done a really good job of surrounding himself. We've talked about this on here before of just surrounding himself by other shields. I'm excited for them because it's, you know, it's nice to see people from your season do well, because I think our season was kind of looked at as kind of like an odd season. And Mm -hmm. we had a lot of people just innately the way blood versus water is built um, that didn't necessarily weren't huge fans of the show. And so it's nice to see people from our season going out there and doing well, because it kind of reflects um, a little better on our season that there's people from our season that are capable of playing the game. And I think capable of playing together or apart, but it doesn't turn into what we saw in this episode, which is just vindictiveness against one another from the previous season. Sure. And I do think, um, and I think we've, we've said this on the podcast before that, the reason that I'm ex- so excited for Kelly, like Jeremy made enough of an impression that he was always going to come back at some point. Um, at least he was always in the running. Kelly Wentworth, she went out so early mm-hmm. that there was a, it, there was a possibility that it was over for her. And sure. when, when somebody who clearly loves survivor as much as she obviously did for them to go out at that point, 
it must have felt just crushing to her. Uh, and so to see her come back and sort of deliver on the promise uh, that was just sort of hinted at her first season is very exciting to see because it happens almost every, maybe not every season, but it happens pretty frequently that someone who loves the game just doesn't get a chance to play it because they're surrounded by idiots. Yeah. And I think there's so much that you guys don't see just from the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, we are being recorded 24 hours a day, seven days a week out there. So there's only so much they can show, but I think, um, CBS really knows that Kelly was out there playing a really strong game and that she's really smart and savvy. And so they were aware of how good she was at the game. And so Mm -hmm. it's nice that they brought her back, even though I don't think you get to see all of the, ins and outs all the time of everybody's game from moment to moment. So it's great that she got that chance. Yeah, we really, as a viewer, didn't get to know her at all the first game. It was just dad management. Sure. um, And just keeping Dale in line. So that's nice that they still give someone a chance who maybe didn't bring in the best ratings for your season in the first place. I don't know. I think... I think as far as being a hot blonde chick, I think she brought in some good ratings, though. <laughs> I think there were a lot of people that were very happy she was on our season, even though they didn't get to see her strategy so much. Although this is going to sound terrible, because I don't like to comment on people's looks, and I think she's very attractive, but her eyebrows are super blonde, which means they don't always look like they're there. <laughs> now, listen, because Josh always complains about his eyebrows being super blonde, <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it happens with blonde kids. Yeah. That's what happens. It's it's hard. You get out there on the beach, and they bleach out, and then pretty soon, yep. yeah, yep. you lose definition on your face, so... I don't know how you combat that. At least it's natural. (laughs) They're not tattooed on. Exactly. Yes. There is that. Um, So one thing that we talked about at the very beginning of this whole podcast, uh, Jen and I talked about our favorite players, uh, but also our own history with the show. Um, When did you start watching Survivor? I started from the beginning. As soon as it started airing. Year 2000, season one. I was from the beginning, and then I've just kind of always kept up with it, which I've always loved. It's been something that I've always enjoyed. And then, you know, when Josh and I started dating, uh, it was fun to... He'd never really watched the show prior to that, Hmm. to us dating. And I said to him one night, I was like, why don't you come over? We'll watch Survivor. And he's like, is that show even still on? And I was like, yes, it's still on. Come over. We're going to watch it. But um, so that was really fun because that enabled me to go back and rewatch everything with him. Because, you know, I kind of watch Survivor like other people watch sports. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when I have downtime, I'll have seasons re-airing in my house and stuff. And so it was fun to really get to watch everything kind of through new eyes by watching Josh experience these thing so we really got heavy into it and um that ended up culminating with us being on the show so i've been a super fan kind of from the get-go and when i was uh we were all uh, the four of us uh you josh jen and myself we were all having breakfast and i asked you guys a question that it's an adaptation of a question that i ask filmmakers i know um i asked them like what directors do you love and then which ones are a direct influence on how you make movies because it's not necessarily the same answer uh and so i'll go ahead and ask you that question or rather ask it again which is who are some of your favorite players but then who are also players that you feel like influenced your game and your strategy specifically um 
I feel like going into the game, you have players that you would like to emulate mm-hmm. and people that you would like to play like. I loved Kim. I thought she was such a great player. I thought she was low key. And I thought, you know, people just kind of came to her mm-hmm. and I really liked the way she played. I would have loved to have been able to play like Kim. But mm-hmm. once you get inside the confines of your own season and the cast of characters that you're working with, that right. completely dictates the character. Uh, you're kind of going to end up being out there or how you play. Mm-hmm. But um I always loved Bob Crowley. I loved mm-hmm. um his like science nerdiness and no. um because that's kind of very up my alley. I loved Parvati. She's just um I don't know. I never really understood. Like you'd watch her seasons be like, oh my gosh, she could talk anybody into anything I don't understand. And then you meet these people in real life and it becomes just really, really clear how great they are at the game because of their personalities. Yeah. But um yeah, I feel like I always look up to players like like Malcolm and Ozzy for just their intense physicality. I mm-hmm. really loved. Um so I think when you've been a fan of the game for so long, you appreciate different players for different reasons. And then when you get in there, you'd like to play like different characters throughout the game, but you have to kind of tailor your strategy right. to the people you're working with. So that was an interesting learning lesson for me. Yeah, the the thing that you mentioned about personality is something that struck me from Heroes versus Villains. Russell, who tends not to give other people a lot of props, uh, there's a moment when he's talking about Boston Rob and he says, I did not realize his personality was that strong. Sure. And that's that's coming from a guy who, yes, is playing in the moment, but he's also a fan. Mm-hmm. And you have an idea of who these people are based on what you see you know, on the show, but then when you actually meet them, you realize, oh, I see. You've got something, and the yeah. way Jen describes Parvati, because you you've met her, it is as well. fascinating. There's just a level of magnetism I with her. Want so badly to hate her. I wanted to hate <laughs> her for show. watching her for three seasons, mm-hmm. and then you meet her in person, and you just adore her. Yeah, yeah. she's just and she smiles at you and she giggles, and you're like, sure, and, I'll drink the cyanide, whatever you say, girl. You <laughs> like, think she will smile at you like the meanest girl from high school, and you want to hate that girl because you did in high school, and then you realize she's nothing. She's nothing like that. It's enigmatic. It's just you gravitate towards her, and you don't know why you are. Yeah, and I think there's some of that stuff that you just can't pick up on watching them on television, no. and that's yeah. why it's you know it's that personal interaction that's so interesting when you finally get out there and you're really dealing with people face-to-face. And, and it speaks to something that Jen and I have said many, many times, which is how on earth in season 18 did nobody want to take JT out? Maybe he's like that. Maybe he is like sure. the male uh You drink the where, Kool-Aid and you have no idea why yeah. you're saying what you're saying anymore. You just want this, this person to like you. You want him like to you. win. Yeah, it's, it's like, Everyone I mean, on season 18 was rooting for him, not themselves. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, we, we, can, uh, we can move on. But, um, but yeah, so this, this season and then this episode specifically, I think we got a lot of... Um, we got a lot of the reversion to like the preseason. Early on, people were ta- saying like, "We got to get rid of Cass. Mm-hmm. We got to get rid of Joe." Now there wasn't a lot of talk of getting rid of Joe, but there's talk of Spencer. So now that the merge has happened, it's almost like the game has started again. Yes. And now people are going back to who they wanted to get out in the first place. And you know, first person gone was Cass, 
who was the person everyone said needed to go immediately. I really loved this episode because of yeah. that. It really harkened back to people's true intentions. Um, we saw kind of two tribes merge, but then we saw it all shift dramatically yeah. and, and target her immediately. And that was fun to watch. I think it's kind of like a reset when you mm -hmm. get in there because I think there's a level of, okay, things might be able to open up a little bit. And sometimes that merge happens. And I think you're just so grateful that you have a new influx of people that you could potentially work with yeah. that suddenly you find yourself a bit again rather than catering to other people's games. And so I think you kind of see that. And, oh, this is what I wanted to do day one. Mm -hmm. Let's figure this out again. Yeah, that is, uh, I think I've said in past episodes that uh, something that I would love to see is is one season of Survivor where there are no tribes. It, they basically, you start merged. Um, but that, and that could provide its own limitations and maybe it'd be boring, but it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, because I've always been somebody who enjoys post-merge way more than pre-merge. I think most people do, but there are people that really enjoy the tribe format, um, especially when they're swapping them up and stuff and stuff like that. But to me, like maybe because my favorite players are the ones that really do great after the merge. You're, sure. You're but I think Rob you're Sesternino, you're John Cochran. emotionally Cochrane. invested in them by that point. But I yeah, feel they, like yeah. before the merge, I have such a hard time being emotionally invested in people, yeah. especially in newbie seasons, because you there's so many people to know so much about and yeah. you spend so little time with each person i kind of feel like that's part of it it yeah. would be interesting to start merged and then you could split then you could switch then you could merge again oh my gosh that'd um, be amazing but I to just hear the discussion of former takeo former Bayon in yeah. this one i'm so confused at this point that that means nothing to me so i started making notes and that all went out the window immediately anyway but but what if you did start with a season where you couldn't you couldn't even go back to that discussion once you merged again? Right. Yeah, it's this season I think more than most there's a lot of a lot of people like really hanging on to I feel like I I've heard old tribe names way more this season than in previous seasons. It's usually just okay, who cares first off tribe names who cares anyway, but then also People saying like, "Oh, but Bayon Strong or Bye Bye Bayon or whatever," uh, and just like the what, levels what, who of cares? relationship. I know it's mm -hmm. interesting when you it's have layers. a season like this. There's so many layers, and I think when you have people coming back for a second chance season, it's so interesting because we know each other. Like once yeah. you become part of the Survivor family, you really kind of get to know one another, and you know it's so interesting because. I don't know when you talk to people and they're like, well, would you play with this person or would you play with that person? I don't know. It gets really complicated because yeah. you know each other outside of the game and then you get out there on the island and you may have been on a season with them. So I think it's kind of fun to watch everyone having to figure out where they truly stand with one another within the confines of the game. Mm -hmm. And I guess it gives them something to latch on to. Like if there's not, if I don't have a whole lot in common with you, but you and I started on the same yep. tribe, that's at least something. Yeah. It, like and we weren't necessarily gunning for each other. I'll take it. Yeah, and I think that's what I think. Those are the things you look for. Like, hey, we had this breakfast at Tiffany's. You're like, we have that mm, together. Yeah. That's the only thing we have. Let's run with that because you're yeah. trying to find some common ground to trust each other on. To the point that even Sa Savage and Steven are now on now in an alliance. They're part of a much larger alliance. But they were the guys that were gunning for each other sure. early on. But mm. now it's just like, we got to take whoever we can. Totally. So let's, I we were on a tribe together. Great. No problem. <laughs> and let's, I think let's do it. They're both shields for each other in different ways. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, I I uh, I know we've already talked about Stephen a little bit uh, with his poem, but it is this is where like I really hope there are the people that I came into this season really wanting to do well and really wanting to watch all the way to the end. And now that Varner's gone, unfortunately, it's just like, all right, Steven, like, bring this home. I'm not saying you have to win, but just be around for a while yeah, and, of and do some we amazing want him things. To do well because yeah. we love and adore him, and he's such a wonderful human. And you just, you just sit there and you're like, no, Steven, don't say that or yeah. say this or do, yeah. do differently. Yeah, like you, you just sit there and you root for him. But he's, but the fact that he made the merge. And he made the merge, and there's Spencer, there's Savage, there's Joe, there's Tasha. He's surrounded by bigger physical threats. And he established early on in this one, he's the first one out within seconds. I think now, most people are bigger physical threats than Steve. Sure. Oh, absolutely. 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 <laughs> but it's, you know, but what he could have been doing, he could have been, because he's actually... You can tell he's been like kind of working out a little bit more since his first season. He was a lot scrawnier in his first season. Or maybe that's just a thing that I maybe heard. Maybe just he, lost weight. What? Like during his first season. So you remember like that. Maybe. Steven. But it's just like, I remember you and I commented early on in this season. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but mm-hmm. we both said like, oh, he looks like he's, you know, obviously he's only ever going to get so big, but it looks like he's been working out a little bit. Good for him. But at the same time, like he could have been trying to cultivate a physical game, but A, he knows that it's only going to be so good for him. Sure. But also, that's not the player I am. I'm going to be a different kind of player. And so part of me was like, ah, Steven, he's the first one out. But then I just thought like, no targets on his back. Right. Everyone's going to look at Spencer. Everyone's going to look at Joe. Everyone's going to look at that final five. The last four or challenge. five in it, yeah. I thought somebody should drop their ball on purpose. Yeah. Get out of this. Get yeah. out. Yeah. it's Do not uh, appear to be a physical threat. That was the thing. Like, if I were Joe, <clears throat> I probably would have stepped down in totally. that. Totally. It's so interesting because I feel like he has such a huge target on his back for being a physical presence within yeah. the game that, like, tonight, if I had been him, I would have stepped down at that point. Yeah. So Even as a swing vote, if you knew you were kind of between two alliances, would you have done it? Because then you have some sort of power going into the challenge already. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's so hard when you're right at the merge level and you're you're being looked at as a physical threat. People don't want to go up against you. Yeah. So, especially Joe, because everyone just knows that he's just innately good at everything. Right. At the same time, is it kind of like, I'm finally on Survivor. I really just want that necklace around totally. my neck. Yeah. Absolutely. There's that too. And then it becomes a war within yourself of how do I play this game the most competitively? Mm-hmm. Do I step yeah. down? Because that would actually be the most competitive thing. Thing I can do mm-hmm. or do I go for the win because I want to go on some sort of challenge winning streak no. yeah or at least check off a survivor item from your bucket list yeah totally but I feel like that has been checked off many times over for, for Joe him. for I Joe sure like, yeah I've done this I've won individual yeah. immunity yeah so but I think it's time will tell d- so one thing that I, I, in various articles that I've read and that sort of thing, a lot of people are talking about like, okay, who's playing an actually different game than before? And I feel like by and large, there haven't actually been that many people. Spencer's trying and good for him. I can't, it's, Cass is trying for a while yeah, and good for her. Uh, Varner, obviously. But um, I feel it's like beyond It's funny for that, how much Cass tried before the minute she flipped into Chaos Cass. Yeah. The minute everyone else just took her at face value at that. Oh, yeah. 
there there was no um she hadn't earned anything with right. the tears or the sympathy before that or friendship that she had developed yeah the minute because there's an element of the minute she flips and you see even a hint of the person you thought she was going in, it's like, there she is. Everything else was fake. Let's get at, let's get her out, get her out of here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Joe is also somebody who is not playing a different game at mm. all. And I feel like he's just. I think he's cognizant of his game. He said, like, I know I'm a threat. I need as many people around me as possible. But yeah. do you think that's making him play a different game or is he just aware of his game now? I think he's aware of it and it's just, it's tough being, being in his position. Like when is the last time I think I've said, I think, uh, there's a question that, that I wish I had thought of beforehand so that I could have like looked it up. Like how many like physical, uh, like challenge beasts win the game. Sure. I feel like very few, like you, when you've got Ozzy, In the final two, and he loses. Even when Colby won every single challenge, right. he lost. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, that That will get you far. It will not get you. Winning it might game. not get you to win. Sure. You know? I mean, I guess Fabio was a pretty good, you know, kind of a threat. Uh, but he didn't win on that. No, he didn't. He won because everybody hated Sash, and, and I guess some people liked Chase. I did not. But, uh, but yeah, so... I don't know. Joe is somebody who I enjoy seeing him. He's a he's a good guy. He seems like and he and he knows the game as well, which is yeah. which is fun. But yeah, it's I just feel like he needs to start tailoring his game. I like the idea of he, he and Spencer working together because then you've got like the strategy and then both of them are actually pretty strong physical threats. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, we can we can move on. What did everybody think of? The Are la- you guys enjoying the season? I'm curious oh. to know your thoughts. Are you guys enjoying it? I'm thrilled with it, of course. But it's Why? always going to be more fun when you jump in with returning players. You don't have to go through the first five mm-hmm. episodes of thinking, like, who's that again? Sure. Um, no, it's been great fun. Absolutely. I'm thrilled with everything about it. Even though, you know, Vetus was one of my favorites and he's gone first off. (laughs) Yeah. Met him at your after party and just such a sincere, loving soul. He's a nice guy. Loved loved chatting with him and he and I chatted for quite a while. And um, it's hard once you know that they're real people. They're no longer characters on a TV show. Um, So despite a couple of my favorites being voted off early, like Vetus or Varner, I'm I'm still really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it more, honestly, now that that Abby has played a substantially um, smaller role in the last couple of episodes. Um, yeah, that was getting a little bit frustrating, but I'm really thrilled with the mix that has come along, and I'm thrilled that they merged early. I think the producers know that it wasn't going to turn into a six-seven vote, and then we stick with those six versus seven. Yeah for episodes to come. I think they knew everyone was going to mix it up. Yeah. I've, I've uh, said that I, I thought of a fun season would be like just survivor strategists, like an entire season of people that are known primarily for strategy. And then I realized like that's, it's not entirely what the season is, but there's way more strategists this season than there usually are. Sure. And just to see them go after each other, it's a lot of fun for me to watch, which is why, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jen that like, 
when you're focusing on Abby, you're not focusing on the game. You're right. focusing on the drama, the drama, which again is good TV as they say, but is it? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> it's like, there's a, there's different kinds of villains. There's the kind that, you know, like a, like a Russell or a Boston Rob or, or any of those others where it's just like, they're charismatic and, but they're also playing the game and right. they're doing what they can here and there. Even Randy, I, I really enjoy Randy, but he was also playing the game and he was a big fan of the, of the show. Abby is not even, doesn't even, she's not even a villain. She's like an imp, just like <laughs> just somebody. I'm sorry. I feel bad saying that. I'm sure she's a perfectly nice person. I'm sure you've, I'm sure. Have you met her at some point in your, I don't think I've actually met Abby. Okay. So I'm just going to so. say what I want to say. Uh, Live your life. Yeah, she, she's just, she's just somebody that like, I'll make a movie comparison in the departed. Nicholson is the guy you love to hate. Like, ah, that guy, I love him. Matt Damon, even though I think his performance is wonderful, he's the guy you just hate. Sure. He's the rat. He's the guy you can't wait to see get shot in the head. There's no that's Abby. Quality. Yeah, I can't wait to see Abby get Abby get shot in the head. Not literally, of course, <laughs> uh, but were it to happen on the show, it wouldn't be the end of the world to me. Um, so yeah, moving away from her and that type of drama, <laughs> the drama tonight between Cass and Tasha, I can watch that all day long because it's people trying to manipulate one another. Yeah. And the drama comes out of strategy. This is the kind of season I really wanted to be on. Like, yeah. It was, it was, it was harder on my season and I'm not ragging on my season, but it was harder being on blood versus water just because there's people who are so unfamiliar, let's yeah. say with the game and the rules and how you play and stuff. So it's really fun to watch this season, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh man, it would have been so fun to just be around a group of strategists. I think you really would have thrived on a season like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, that's what Jeremy said to me. Jeremy was like, you would have loved this season. You would have had so much fun yeah. <laughs> every two seconds. People are talking about the game and yeah. things and whatever. So it's really fun to get to watch them all go out there and play. Although I'm sure it's also, fun like fun for a good portion of it but it also seems like it would be so mentally exhausting, oh, exhausting. After 40 days absolutely i mean my season was exhausting for me and you know whatever but you're just constantly running numbers and you're not mm -hmm. getting sleep and it's terrible out there and it's just yeah mentally you're just so fatigued to me like the perfect image even though he wound up winning the perfect image of like what the game can do to you mentally is tony like <laughs> he did great, but he was in by the end. He was insane. Like there was no, he genuinely couldn't answer direct questions on the reunion show. Yeah. Jeff would ask him an answer and he'd be like, well, I did this over here and then he did this and that meant the numbers were this. And then we did this yeah. and that meant the numbers were this. He just kept going yeah. and he could, he could not stop. Yeah. The game's over, Tony. Oh wait, no. It was over months it's, ago. It's like PTSD. Yes. Um, the game is never really over. That's true. Yeah. When, you, when, you can, when you can be asked back. It's true. You know. Or when you obsess really over. over, yeah, your decisions. I mean, is it ever like. Yeah, I can't allow myself to do that. That's the problem because everything is like the butterfly effect. If you change one thing, the entire season would be different. And yeah. so you can't play the what if game. I mean, it's just I, a terrible rabbit hole. Yeah. I have looked at charts and who voted for whom when about your season to try and get you to the top. And I wasn't there, you know, so I can't imagine if it's yourself yeah. that's actually invested in yeah. it, you know. It's a lot. I mean, there was one point when, you know, 
Alec and I talked for two seconds about taking out Missy instead of John going for that, you know, that big epic vote. And then we just never got a chance to come back to it, but that would have been a better option. We just weren't able to put it into motion, but had we done that, the whole season would have been different. Mm -hmm. You know, had Josh and I thrown the challenge to take Mm -hmm. out Natalie or Jeremy instead of winning, doing a come from behind victory on the puzzle, uh, the whole game would have been different, but it's all those things that you can't look back and be like, Oh crap, because it just everything would have changed. So yeah. I can't allow myself to play that yeah. game. Yeah. It <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> it is what yeah. It is what it is. Um so uh, it's it's I keep wanting to go down one path or another because it's it's so it's so interesting to po- to talk to people that have been in the thick of it, not merely on the show, but then part of the larger community. Yeah, sure. And just the which this season is really all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so one thing that's interesting is because I was talking about, I, I was thinking as we were talking a moment ago, I was thinking like, okay, well, who who is safe? Like, who's somebody that's like, I'm never coming back on the show. They're not going to ask me, so I don't. Need, I can just say what I want to say. A and winner. So I, uh, Really? Like they could have they've had winners back. Like they might not want to come back. Yeah. True. Bob the is safe. Is safe the person who doesn't want to come back and yeah. care totally. less about so coming just like, back. Yule is good to go. Yeah. I think Yule. <laughs> <laughs> I, so great. An argument could be made that like Boston Rob. I he, I think he's pretty no. much done, but you never he's know. He's addicted. You think so? He didn't He's look- not the person who's like I'm retired. That's true. Yes. Um Bob is like peace out. Yeah, it's just like I'm old and I have a million dollars now or six hundred thousand. Um, <laughs> Money but, uh, long since spent. Like, oh, undoubtedly, <laughs> sure, sure. It does seem like they should raise that that prize. What with infl- it's been fifteen years, totally. That's yeah. fifteen inflation. years worth of inflation. Yeah, like that's exactly. crazy. You know, movie tickets. <laughs> my senior year of high school were way less than they are now. Yeah, by exactly. a solid five or six bucks. Two million, you think? Or even a million and a half. We're suffering so much more out there because the gameplay is more intense. And yeah. <laughs> psychologically, too. we're suffering so much more. We're getting paid less if you look at it from what they did the first season. There's but. just a nice <laughs> ring to it, though. What are you going to say? 1.5 million. Yeah. Well, here's what uh, you that'll have do. a great ring to it when it gets deposited. Sure. Right. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. One point like, five. <laughs> how much did you win? One point five, I guess. Whatever. Wah, wah. I think you're going to be fine with saying that. I <laughs> think the winner would, but I think Jeff doesn't want to say that over what it and over could be again. Is a million dollars tax free? Where sure. it's actually after taxes. Yeah, CBS has paid the taxes on it so that you wind up with a million dollars. Sure, but they I don't like mention that. In general. Right. Yeah, yeah. In the first place. Um, so one thing, and uh, Reed, you, meant, you just said it, that you're playing, people these days are playing harder than they ever have. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I am so consistently frustrated by Savage. He just seems, he's been, at this point, this is what, episode seven, I think, right? So how many days are they in now? Like 20, 20 something? Theoretically about 21. Yeah, yeah. Um, At this point, and he's like, and he's been in the thick of it. He's been in trouble. He's been safe. He's been all over the place. He's seen people get blindsided. He's been part of uh, switching Abby over. Like, he's been very much a part of the modern pacing. Mm -hmm. And yet he still holds it against the people 
that just go into it full force. And it yeah. bothers me so much. Well, I think that's kind of like generationally when you mm-hmm. look at people who don't like rock music or you know, people so. who aren't into rap. I think it's just their the way they were raised and where they're at. It's a it's a hard transition. That's I a great so. analogy. You can listen to rap for 21 days, but that doesn't mean you get it. I know, but like <laughs> Varner, but like Varner got it. <laughs> you know? I just, I don't know. Like Varner got it when uh, on the first Blood versus Water. I feel like Jervis came back and he got it. Like I sure. feel like Varner is the cool uncle, and he studied up on it. He read books to get you it. Have so to he's be like willing to so make cool. the change. And yeah. I think there are some people that just aren't willing to make the change, like people who won't, you know, adapt to Snapchat. Or whatever the new social media thing is. Like, is you that, know? are you saying that because you and I were trying to talk Varner. about Snapchat the other day, and I specifically said I don't get it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> shot across the bow. <laughs> Seems like an off-mic Wait, discussion. Varner is the cool uncle. Savage is your dad. He's just Savage never going to get it. No question about it. My dad, and I can say this without any With fear impunity. of repercussion, uh, I remember one time my dad, uh, my my brother was in his rebellious phase, and at some point he used the term frickin'. Okay. Not even the full-on word. How did that go over? But my dad was like, what's this frickin' stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, that's savage. What's this lion stuff? Totally. That's not that's not how they did it in my he season. He seemed so blown over and baffled yeah. by the lying. His season had Johnny Fairplay in it. He didn't experience he, it, though. I guess not, but... That did not emerge until after he was gone. That's true. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the way his, you know, his die was cast. He doesn't, he doesn't quite understand it, I guess. And so he's clinging to his paradigm. Yeah. And it just, and it's, you know, I enjoy watching him because he is playing. He's playing the game. He's not just rolling over or anything like that, but just, I don't know. It just bothers me when somebody holds it against people who are, who came later. Sure. it, It is very much... Like that person, I was just watching uh, one of the best South Park episodes ever from a few seasons ago. It's called You're Getting Old. And Stan mm-hmm. turns 10. And suddenly, all the music that he and his friends like literally sounds like farts in his ear. And he's like, this sounds like, he's, I apologize, everybody. He's like, this sounds like shit. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? It's great. He goes, no, it literally sounds like <laughs> shit to me. And it's because, and and then you see his parents and they also don't, don't understand it. And so, I don't know, it just, it has that quality of, you know, because I think, I feel like the three of us are old enough now that we can look at people that are 10, 20 years younger. Speak for yourself, Tyler. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are, you're definitely hipper than I am. Don't get me wrong. But, um, but yeah, we can look at them and just be like, I do not understand anything about what you like. I'm so sorry. Sure. Except, except that he doesn't say I'm sorry. He says, you're the problem. You're wrong. You're wrong. You know, and it just, it bothers me so much. And maybe it's because. I don't get that from him. The your problem part. It's really? more baffling of like, these people are professional liars. liars. But then he literally says, F them pieces of sh-, And then he smiles. Like. He's not blaming them. He's just like, I am screwed because I do not get this. I see, I see a petulance and a bitterness there that I feel like is somebody who can't... You, you corner know. anyone and there's going to be a petulance. I guess so, yeah. He's up against a wall. Yeah, that's true. F anyone who puts me in a corner. 
And you're how so right they are. And yeah, so yeah. tired totally. at that point. <laughs> totally. If you're saying bleep to the bleep bleep in your confessional, you are yeah. tired and hungry. And he, he was on the worst tribe ever with no fish, no rice, no nothing. And he doesn't seem like the type that swears. So he's clearly in a, in a pretty yeah. bad place. Which, and, and Rita, actually, I'll bring that up. So, uh, Speaking of swearing, read. Uh, I'm like, yeah. What's this way? I'm like, well, where's this going? You know, <laughs> there is there are some seasons and some players for whom the physical aspect of things and the environment doesn't seem to get them. It doesn't seem to bother them at all. You know, my first season, I watched Res- uh, Russell who would just stand out there in the rain and he says, this doesn't hurt me. This just makes me stronger. Sure. But for everybody else, not only will it have a physical effect, but like if I miss two meals in a day, I'm inconsolable and right. I'm in terrible shape. And so like emotionally. Apparently all you could talk about was chicken. Yeah, apparently yeah. no one could describe chicken as well as I <laughs> yeah. can because that's what all my confessionals were about. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> apparently You're I so- never once talked about strategy. You're so one <laughs> But how but how big, you know, how much of a role does the lack of food, lack of sleep, and just the elements, like how much how big of a role does that play in your uh, emotional state? It's huge. I mean, anybody who says it's not is just lying because you're out there and there's been some seasons where it's rained for 19 days straight. And when you're just dealing with that, it takes a toll emotionally on you and physically because you're exhausted. Your body is trying to stay warm, which burns up calories. So all of that stuff really does take a toll. So it all plays into that. But some people are bothered more by it, I guess. Um, or can just cope with it differently. I know for me, I was starving all the time, and that mm-hmm. was just something I knew I was going to deal with. I, like you, am inconsolable after missing two meals. But The difference um, is that you're a dancer, <laughs> and I'm just fat. Well, <laughs> I don't, so you need a lot of food to sure. keep you in shape, and me, I'm just a big guy. But it was life-changing for me to go out there and know that, okay, I can miss two meals, and I, w- I will be fine. So mm-hmm. that's different for me now. But um, yeah, it does. It does play into that because when you're not sleeping or you've been just destroyed by bugs, it affects mm. your your level of happiness, which can affect mm-hmm. your decision making mm-hmm. or your comfort level can affect your confidence out there. So yeah. all of it, but that's all part of the game. And that's why it's such a beautifully crafted game that all of those things, um, how well you deal with adversity in all of those areas affect how well you do in the game. Now, you mentioned bugs. Uh, On my other podcast, More Than One Lesson, uh, we just finished Halloween time. So we're talking a lot about, you know, monsters and vampires and that kind of thing. And uh, a common theme every time we talk about uh, horror movies is my fear and hatred. (laughs) Hang on. Fear and hatred. Because they are monsters. Copy that. They are horrible (laughs) monsters. So how big of a role did spiders play in your season? spiders in my season I'm not so big I mean there Mm. was the like the random tarantula at night that they're just they're these nocturnal creatures but I feel like we were on such an arid beach in Nicaragua that we didn't have a ton of stuff I mean at that point I would have eaten just about anything and did anything that I knew wouldn't kill me so um, (laughs) but spiders uh, really didn't have that big of an impact on the season not allowed to kill the monkeys 
The monkeys didn't necessarily get close enough for you to be, I mean, they're up, you know, 40 feet into a tree. So sure. beyond like John carrying on conversations with them at length, <laughs> I mean, that was about the most interaction we really could have with them. And you don't want to mess with them because they're super territorial. So if you mess with them too much, they're going to start flinging feces at you and they get really aggressive. So the monkeys were kind of... You just didn't want to mess with. But there was stuff out there that, like, you know, you're not allowed to kill because it's on endangered species lists hmm. and stuff. There was one point where I could have snapped a pelican's neck, mm -hmm. and it was um, really frowned upon, and I wasn't kind of allowed to do that. But, oh. you know, but I think that's also because they don't think America wants to watch Reed Kelly snap a pelican's neck on I television. do. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, so did I. I was starving. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I think... Um, yeah, spiders were not that big on our season. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Cause, yeah. Uh, I, I you would hear... have done well in Nicaragua. Okay. That's... <laughs> Amazon, not so much. Yeah. I, I hear... Oh, my gosh. I can't even repeat it. I hear stories um, of uh, Rob Sesternino on the Amazon where they would be sleeping and they've got a blanket over them. And then at night, they would just feel like these things like dropping on them. Yeah, and it was them. tarantulas uh, that would crawled up on the ceiling and then would just drop down. Yeah. That's like something out of a video game where just there's things falling yep, from the totally. ceiling and they're just, just the worst. And on the, on the long list of, of reasons that I would never do well on survivor spiders are shockingly high. Uh, but the thing is, I think that people don't necessarily take into account is that when you're out there, you're so focused on other things that the things you think you're going to be most concerned about end up being the things that you're not even worried about out there. Like I always thought that I would falter the biggest on food eating challenges because mm -hmm. I'm the pickiest eater or was. And by day 10, I was praying for cow brains or yeah. sea squid or balut or any of those things. Yeah, was, even balut. Oh my God, absolutely. I was like, chicken, it's it's eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, give me, I will eat the beaks and the feet, whatever. By that point, you know, because the biggest like question Jeremy people Like Jeremy at the you, end of the last episode. Yeah, the biggest people the question people ask are like, did you have to eat bugs? And I'm like, I wanted to eat bugs. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to eat anything that was going to help me stay competitive in the game. So I think the things that you think you're going to worry about the most out there sometimes become non issues mm. what was was it food is that what was on your mind the most Completely. or was it okay yeah because i i'm the type of guy who's like i just need a constant stream of calories coming in and mm -hmm. so i was thinking i'm gonna get out there i'm gonna get faint and dizzy and i'm gonna yeah. have a hard yeah. time staying competitive because i'm used to having a lot of protein in my diet that's what helps keep me competitive so i was always looking for some for um some source of food whether it was the baby frogs i was eating or stuff like that because i knew that i needed calories to stay physically competitive in the challenges right um, and then was, I, I never quite know the amount of water people are able to drink. Like if it's readily available, cause I know you have to boil it and all that sort of thing. Like that's a huge problem okay. out there. Cause you all basically get a canteen and you know that you're supposed to drink like four canteens a day to stay quote unquote properly hydrated. Mm -hmm. But when you have one or two small cast iron pots and you have nine people on your tribe right. and you have to gather firewood, get the fire going, go all the way to the well, carry the water back in a cast iron pot with a big stick that's usually attached to it. And the wells are never close. And I think that's by design. It's great because it gives you time to strategize and talk with people while you're walking. So the wells aren't like, they're like, boop, right outside of your right. shelter. And so by the time you get that water back, get it boiling, and then you have to let the water cool 
which is a huge problem when you're mm. on a desert beach and it's in a cast iron pot and it's midday. The water never really cools. Like you're basically yeah. drinking hot water. Which has to be pretty there. refreshing. Oh, completely. When you're, it's a hundred degrees outside and you're drinking hot tea. Oh gosh, I never <laughs> thought of that. Yourself I mean, I never you thought it was wait. cool, but I never no. thought it would be like just like, hot, hot water. Like, there were times when like I would was practically scorching my mouth because you're just so thirsty. And so when you think about it, it's a constant, the water. Yeah. And so by the time, by the time you get 10, 20, 30 days in, you know, and the farther you get into the game, the harder it gets. So this right. is a tip for anyone who's going to be on the show. Start collecting your firewood from far away first and mm. then leave the stuff that's closer by for farther into the season. Because the first thing you do when you get out there is you're like, oh, I need to make a stack of firewood. So you grab all the sticks that are close by. Right. But day 20 to day, you know, day 30, you've like swept your beach clean and you're having to walk so far and you have less energy. So like the water becoming hydrated becomes more and more problematic the longer you stay out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was Survivor Fiji, which is when they did the haves and have nots. Have nots. Oh, I love boy. Survivor Fiji. That I was too, or, brutal. Uh, as I've, so as brutal. I've, as I've said, uh, in the past Rocky. <laughs> guy we're starving out here guy <laughs> it's amazing i, I hated rocky <laughs> i hated him so much it's such a fun season though yeah oh absolutely earl yeah. is, is quickly the more i think about earl the further up he goes on my list of like favorite players ever sure um but yeah he's i look stealth. At, what was that he's stealth he is and then they had all those pineapples right there in the bushes. They found pineapples. <laughs> it was like manna from heaven. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I literally, we got pineapple. I can't remember what it was for. Maybe it was the merge feast or something. And I literally was eating the pineapple skins. Like, we saved that pineapple. And we were eating it, like, several days later. And, like, I was eating the wow. actual skin. Yeah, some of us were eating the skins of it because you're so hungry. So anything to feel full at that point. Wow. Sounds so miserable. Yeah. I'm sure it's worth it, right? I think so. Okay. That's, <laughs> no, it totally was. I, okay. I'm so, so glad I got the chance to okay. do it. I'm so thrilled because I'm a huge fan of the game. And yeah. it's just, um, it's changed my life as far as just my general outlook on my day to day. I mean, mm. I can kind of handle anything now. I slept in a bed last night. I had breakfast. You know, my problems just do not seem as insurmountable as... You do have kidney stones. Did. I do have kidney stones, but oddly enough, I pushed through two shows mm -hmm. um, while I was, you know, working on passing these kidney stones. And literally it was because I was like, well, I did Survivor. I can probably push through these kidney stones. Yeah. And then I drove myself to the ER where it was like, you know, the people were like, I can't believe you've been working all day. And I was like, well, yeah, I can kind of handle anything now. So maybe that's a bad thing because maybe I take sure. my health for granted a little bit. But And then yeah. you waited in the ER for a long time. Yeah, so that, I'm sure Survivor, game of Survivor was helpful It's not yeah. outlast. It's during eight hours. <laughs> I waited in the emergency room. So that was a, a game of Survivor in and of itself, outlasting the people there. So one thing they that I wanted... bludgeoned you over the head. <laughs> there was already one there guy with that, a massive a head massive wound. massive head wound. He came in. It was terrifying. Uh, and of course, it was Halloween night. So it looked like a <laughs> Halloween costume. You're like, that guy's costume is... All nope, that's his blood. Not <laughs> and they just told him to have a seat. And then he sat there yeah. for like the next four hours. Uh, poor Crazy. Guy. Not okay. Um, so one thing that I wanted to mention... Uh, well, okay. Uh, let's let's go three things. One uh, is about you in general, and then two more things about the episode uh, specifically. So I have something about the episode. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. go no, no, no. Let's go. go. Let's go read first. Okay. So as I mentioned uh, to you, 
right after the the finale of your season um because you had asked me like hey how did you uh how did I come across oh, my uh, my question for final? <laughs> oh, man, trouble? we're going right for it. Um, and I said, I you said, D- did it come off a little harsh? And I said, in life, maybe for Survivor, it's one of the better final tribal questions. Um, have you gotten? First off, uh, let's try this. First off, uh, how did you decide to come up with that? Hmm. soliloquy but then also what has the general response been i saw some of it when i tweeted at you and got some pushback myself on praising you uh for it uh but yeah where did it come from and and how did people respond um basically i don't know um there was just some things that kind of needed to be said and i kind of feel like i didn't want to attack missy personally Mm -hmm. outside of the game and so i really wanted to talk about the character i feel that she portrayed within the game of survivor and um and that's what i said and so it wasn't really something that i wrote down or sat out and you know wrote down a speech or anything i just knew there were bullet points that i wanted to hit there were kind of three things that i felt like she kind of did which i kind of just outlined and um yeah, I just kind of stood up there and winged it for the most part, which mm-hmm. was um, kind of interesting. I think I was, um, I definitely kind of said everything that uh, the jury was feeling. And mm-hmm. I think I said it probably more succinctly than well, how other members of the jury articulated it. So I think that's probably why my thing got kept in its entirety. What, Jenny? You mean <laughs> Keith could not have articulated that for you? I'll leave Keith alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that was, you know, I just got up and I wanted to address kind of the character that I thought Missy portrayed while she was out there. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from. Um, yeah, I have people on both sides, people who really thought it was like the best thing ever. And then people thought I was a horrible person for saying it and then standing by it and not apologizing. But yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like just as if you're watching football and you're talking about, no, somebody fumbled within the game, you're right. going to call them out for fumbling. And that was kind of what I did. I was just kind of reviewing her, critiquing her gameplay. And so I do stand by that. So, mm-hmm. well, it is, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I do feel like, um, as we were, as Jen and I were watching the season, we found ourselves, you know, kind of bummed out because every confessional you got was about food sure. and just like, well, I have no doubt that he's also thinking about strategy, probably saying some things about it too. Right. Um, and so I was actually just very happy, not merely as your friend, but also just as a viewer that you know, that you said all of that and it was, and it worked out so well. And it did, in my opinion, I know, I'm sure there are people that liked Missy. I can't possibly imagine them, (laughs) but, um, but I do feel like you, you gave a very specific voice to the people like me who are watching her throughout the season and just being like, I don't care for, at the very least, I don't care for how she's playing. Right. And I do find myself wondering if she were in a different season, not with her daughter, what kind of player would she be? Because I feel like she was so prote- protective, mm-hmm. overprotective of her daughter. Would she be uh, the impetus uh, for a lot of her actions were attacks even, on Baylor? Yeah. yeah. I don't feel, I don't know. I feel like Missy was just kind of pretty true to herself within the game. And the fact that Baylor was there was just an extension of her. Mm-hmm. I okay. feel like, uh, this is just my not really giving it much thought, but I think her game probably would have been much the same. I feel like, 
when I talked about, you know, spoiling your children, mm-hmm. you know, as the wicked stepmother, I wasn't just specifically talking about Baylor. I was talking about her, you know, feeding John and Drew more than mm-hmm. anyone else right. and starving the rest of us. And so it, that's where that came from. So I don't know if her gameplay would have changed much right. had Baylor not been there because, you know, she kind of tried to adopt John and she'd call him John John through the whole game. And yes. I feel like she kind of had her... Um, her way of playing. So I don't know if that would have made much of a difference. Okay. I feel Baylor's game would have been different had her mother not been there, but I don't know if the reverse is true. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, Did John, we get to John. even see that really? Uh, yeah. No. I don't recall that being on the actual show, but no. maybe I What's just that? don't remember her like saying the John, John, John. Oh yeah. I was like, John, John, come get your food. John, John, I made you a bowl. <laughs> John, John, this. And so um, that was, no, that's deeply off putting. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So yeah, let's let's quickly uh, wrap up with a discussion of a couple things in the episode. But Jen, mm-hmm. you wanted to mention something about this episode. Yeah, you know we're watching and we're the, they merge and we see you know two groups of a solid five form and, mm-hmm. and Joe and Spencer are in between and we think that's what it's going to be for the episode and then we see that drama go down and it quickly transitioned into the majority mm-hmm. versus. Cass, Sierra, Sierra, Wentworth, and Abby. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when you just see the writing on the wall and see that like the us four girls are standing over here against the entire majority, right? And I believe Wentworth Wentworth flips and votes. You know, she's she splits her votes and votes with the rest of them, but the the three others vote for. It's rough when you have that moment and you're watching the shot and everyone is sitting on the beach and what there's four people sitting in the shelter. You you have to know that's not good. I mean, I I don't know. Personally, whenever there was a big conversation happening, I wanted to make sure that I was involved in it. So if you're sitting over there and you're literally watching an entire majority of people sitting there, that can't feel good. Especially when you don't have that much invested in it. You know, if I'm Wentworth, I'm like... I'm going to go down by the water and then I'm going to yeah. wander on over Unless this big Unless they specifically convo. said, hey, we're going to go over here and talk about you guys. So stay in the shelter, which does happen. Shut sometimes people say that. Face. Yeah. Sometimes people disinvite you from conversations. Yeah. I've Isn't seen it, it tempting happened. to walk over then and be like, I know you're talking about me, so I'm just going to come and interrupt it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of like, like what does that give you? Yeah. Otherwise make you seem more annoying. Totally. I don't know. It's, it's that weird line where you have to figure out and everything is a snap judgment out there. Um, Gosh, that's so grade school. How do you even deal with a that? A lot of it feels like that. Yeah, yeah. you get out there. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, what is this? Yeah. I didn't even put up with this in high school. And yeah. now I've like signed myself up to play click. Like, yes. That's literally what you're playing. Hmm. That's true. Yeah, I guess you words use words like alliance, but it, it's Oh, clicks. no, it's a yeah. click. click. It's no literally clicks. And like in high school, I wasn't big on clicks. Like I just kind of hung out with everybody. Yeah. And I never invested too much in anything because I was busy dancing. But yeah, but it's basically I was like, I didn't even do this in high school. And now here we are, like literally just playing click right now. Yeah. You talk about spiders and food and that that is my worst fear because I was never in the in click. No, could not handle that. It's interesting. It's interesting emotionally where I was like, I was never necessarily on the outskirts. And so there were times where I was like, I don't think anybody wants to be my friend out here. Oh, this is must be how some people felt in high school. It was very, it was readily apparent. There were moments where I was like, oh, this is somebody's daily life. Yes. So there's lots of lessons to be learned from Survivor. Yeah. The, what, what got me was, and I recognize they the editors have to play this up to kind of heighten the drama, but you know, the idea of Spencer even feeling mildly torn between the two alliances, 
to me, it's just like, yeah, even if you manage to, to swing something and you wind up voting Tasha out, you still know that the that you only were able to do that because the much larger majority split their votes. Mm-hmm. And when the time comes, they're going to put their votes all back together. And right. now you're very much on the wrong side of the numbers. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, and maybe he would. Option he was, three is not a valid option. Right. It, 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 maybe he was, uh, maybe he was just sort of vocalizing something and immediately dismissed it. And the editors left out that last part, but I don't know. So um, I think it was more about him saying like, I've never been here before. Everyone has been always trying yeah. to get me out. How are they not trying to get me out right now? Yeah. There's that. And you talk through so much. I mean, in your confessionals. Yeah. You just sit there and you just like verbally talk through stuff. And, and, you know, that's what's so funny when, you know, I get the edits about just talking about food. It's like, okay, I am a verbal processor to begin with. So Mm -hmm. you just sit there and you talk about so much stuff. So it's interesting to see the things that they end up using because it works with, you know, the story that needs to be told. It makes sense because that's the only safe place to talk. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking to somebody who we use it against you. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I guess. Or will they? (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, say, you never know when Jeff Probst decides he wants to blow (laughs) up your game. producers are a whole other character. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, another thing I wanted to mention is the last couple episodes, we've seen a lot more from Sierra, which is exciting for me because I wanted to see... I was excited to see what she would do this season, but I, I wonder if she's she's playing an odd game. Like she, it's almost like she's so eager to to play to play mm-hmm. that she's making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's putting a target on her back, and I feel like it's gonna. I feel like she's the next obvious vote, unless people decide they want to go with a, a a bigger target now that she's not really dangerous anymore. I feel like when I watched that, I feel like that when she was like, you guys, let's play. There's people here who are six. Then I think when people are making that pitch to people, they feel like they're on the bottom. And so they want to get other people that are on the bottom to work with them. And so we didn't really get much insight to where that was coming right. from, mm-hmm. but there's, there must be some sort of through line that's working with her, that she's trying to cobble together people that are on the bottom on some level, because you're not normally making that pitch unless you're down there saying, I'm trying to find the cracks if you guys will just work with me you won't be six seven eight you'll be one two and three or so yeah. it's interesting that she was making that pitch because i feel like we didn't have a lot of lead up to that particular statement it was that a little combined, disjointed in the editing am i being articulate right now i'm probably yes. kind of stoned off no. the cassette, so i'm making sure did that make sense oh yeah yeah, yeah completely. Okay. it felt too <laughs> early for her to make that pitch and it felt like the rest of the episode didn't give her the edit that yeah, gave you're like that where is this coming credence. from yeah where, where does it come from? from but i'm sure there's stuff that's happening out there that that made perfect sense yeah. in that to moment her. and to the rest of the the, yes. the yeah. tribe that combined with the fact that she voted for savage she, so, says that like okay well there's she that, definitely something we didn't something see happen yeah. yeah something different um so to wrap up uh you know obviously the anytime it says you know next time on survivor it's just the 15 seconds they give you of of the most dramatic moments they're not going to tell you much but it certainly looks like uh like something big is going to be happening. And they did seem to be favoring Steven a little bit. Um, that makes me nervous. It makes me a little bit nervous, but also I'm just excited to see him do something. If in fact it's him, but it, no, it looks it's like too something, early. He's going to, I, I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be yeah. something fun. Okay. I hope so. And, and I, I do feel like, uh, 
as I said before, I feel like Cass is gone, and I think now people are going to start looking at Joe. They're going to start looking at Spencer again and just being like, okay, who is likable, who plays the game, and who wins challenges? Because this was all very cute when we were two or three tribes, but it's the merge now. Sure. And if Joe makes it to the end, he wins. And this jury, I mean, she's the first member of the jury. Holy large jury. Yeah, that was, I was like, okay, how many people are they going to get rid of before they start becoming jury members? And Cass is on the jury. It's amazing. It's so, great for them. It's so fun. Yeah, it's going to be so few people getting shipped out of Ponderosa. 10 jury members if there's a final three, 11 if there's a final two. Yeah. And, and that just adds to the drama because that means from the word go in the merge, it's jury management on yep. top of everything else. Which is awesome. It's not only that, but it's so much time at Ponderosa for jury members to talk. That's a lot of yeah. people and a lot of time to talk. Yeah. It's... And and it's it's things like this that I think... It's not merely the cast, but it's also these little twists that I think make this season particularly dramatic and particularly sure. engaging um, because they're just going from two t- two tribes to three, the stuff with the uh, hidden immunity idols. And now it's a lot to manage. It's a lot to manage. <clears throat> it's a lot to manage. Um, it's almost like they're in a way, it's just like, Oh, you want to come back? Okay. Screw yourself. It's amazing. We're penalizing you for coming back. Almost like you want to vote your friend off so they can go jury manage for you at Ponderosa. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and that's one thing that I feel like people don't understand that the game is still afoot, even after you've been voted off. Like you still have so much power yeah. as jury members, and people kind of forget. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things in my season where I was like, I'm going to vote for second place because mm-hmm. I want people to remember that you still wield a ton of power over here. So don't waste it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the Ponderosa videos. They are as much a part of my watching experience as the episode itself. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, and definitely uh, Jeff Probst and the producers really want us to go to Ponderosa. (laughs) Go to CBS.com right now. Totally. Because apparently Cass alone. See what happens at Ponderosa alone with Cass. Um, Cass alone with her thoughts. But yes, so we're at all three of us are going to go and do that right now. Uh, thank you, everybody, I for am. listening to this super long episode. Uh, super long? How are we doing? Awesome. We're at a, an hour minute. and nine minutes. All right. So very exciting. Thanks for having me. Double time. Yeah. Reed, thanks so much yeah. for being thank here. Thank you. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. And uh, oh, no, that's that's a different sign off. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Come back. Uh, when you've got three podcasts, it's exhausting to try to keep track of this. So, uh, but yes, thank you for listening. As for the rest of you, uh, got nothing for you. Grab your stuff. Head back to camp. Bye. Bye. Bye.